It's Jenna. Welcome back to Non-Toxic Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I have a very special episode planned. We're going to be meeting with my friend Kelsey, who is a wife, a homemaker, a home birth mama of two, plus one on the way, and the face behind the lifting mama. So we're going to hear from her, and we're going to talk about the top three things to research prior to getting pregnant, and you are going to hear her expert advice. So thanks for joining me, and let's dive in. It's Jenna. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. As I said in the intro, we have a special guest this morning, my friend, the lifting mama, who you guys are never going to believe that I actually met online when I lived in San Diego before I moved out here to Texas and her and I connected on Instagram messaging and, uh, her business has exploded since then. She found a passion for all things, pregnancy and birth during her first pregnancy Through her first two pregnancies and now into her third, she discovered so much that women are not told and that they're even lied to about when it comes to pregnancy, birth, and beyond. And I'm sure many of you out there listening can relate to this because everyone has different birth stories. Everyone has different birth experiences. So we're going to dive into the top three things that you should research prior to getting pregnant. And Kelsey is going to not only talk about her deep passion for natural birth and living, but also her goal, which is to help mamas tap into their innate power and wisdom on their path into and through motherhood. So welcome, Kelsey. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story and like how you got into home birthing? Because let's be honest, not everyone has that calling. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So um, my husband and I got pregnant with our first kind of by surprise. um, And we didn't know much about pregnancy and birth, hadn't thought much about it, much like most people. Um, and so we just went to our OB and we were like, well, we have to confirm the pregnancy, right? Wait a second. You went to an OB. I went okay, to an OB. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that was our first step because that's what we're told growing up, like what we see growing up. Um, so we went and I remember we, I peed on a stick at, <laughs> at the OB's office, um, so and magical. which it, it's the same sticky pee on at home. So it's one of those things. I'm like, why did I even pay a hundred dollars to go see someone to tell me something I already know? Uh, but we went and after we did like all the intake stuff, she came in, she didn't even congratulate us. She didn't say, yes, you are pregnant. She just walked in and kind of like started her spiel. And I think it was my husband who was like, wait, so are you saying we are definitely pregnant? She's like, oh yeah, obviously. We're like, (laughs) <laughs> okay, so step one in patient care, she didn't even acknowledge why we were there. Um, the rest of the visit was okay. Uh, she talked to us. I'm very type A, so I like I had a big list of questions. And I was asking them. She was answering. We were having conversation. And then she said, okay, well, we'll get you scheduled for your seven-week appointment for an ultrasound. And I said, you know, I actually don't want an ultrasound. I'm sure of our dates. Like, I'm sure of when my last period was, all of this. Wow, she's shocked to hear that. She shut, she completely <laughs> shut down. What? Like this woman who I was having a great conversation with, she was answering and like very receptive to my questions. I said no to the first intervention. She said she was just gone. Like she shut down. So we walked out of that appointment and my husband was like, she's not delivering our baby, right? 
And I said, no, absolutely not. How nice that um, you had his support from the beginning. <laughs> well, and to know that he had found like that gut instinct of, I don't want this woman there. Um, that was kind of nice to know. But we, uh, we got in the car. He said, well, let's look for other options. And so literally on the drive home from that appointment, which mind you was like a 10 minute drive, we actually ended up, I was just on my phone researching midwives and we were thinking birth center at that point. Uh, and uh, we actually found the midwife that we ended up birthing with. Um, turns out she only does home births. So that's how we ended up doing a home birth. It was not intentional. Um, but I'll never forget what she said to us when we met with her. She said, the only difference between a home birth and a birth center birth is who does the traveling. So it's either the midwife is traveling to you or the mama is traveling to the midwife. Wow, that's so interesting. I always thought of them as being so drastically different. Yeah, absolutely. And most people do. Um, And if you're doing a birth center connected to a hospital, it's definitely different. Um, But if you're doing a freestanding birth center, it's basically the same as a home birth. Wow. And there are definitely reasons to go that route. I mean, like if you're in an apartment or if you have other kids at home, there may be logistical reasons to want to get out of your house for mm-hmm. the birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, especially with our first, we were like, absolutely, we don't want to, I didn't want to get in a car. I knew when I first got pregnant, one of my first anxieties, and I have no idea where it came from, I got nervous about that car trip from home to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I had so much anxiety about that, and I don't know where it came from. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I'm thinking maybe that was just like a premonition and a gut instinct of like, you're going to birth at home. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) So wait, your first birth was a home birth, but you were originally looking at a birth center? So first birth was a home birth. Originally, I knew that I wanted no epidural because that's what my mom did with all three of her kids. So it's in your blood. Um, yeah. So I, I knew of birth. I wanted no epidural and I wanted my husband or myself to announce the gender of our baby. Like I knew I didn't want to know during pregnancy. Oh, that's so wonderful. But those were the only things that I had thought of. Um, and now that I realize it, that's more than most women think about uh, with pregnancy and birth and, and planning those things. So those two things were like my non-negotiables and that led us down this crazy path that now we're on our third home birth and wow uh, my husband is the most supportive he's like well I don't know why we'd work we would birth anywhere else like obviously if there's an emergency or like something happens we will do what's right for the health of me and our baby but um with a uncomplicated pregnancy and my births have thankfully been very uncomplicated uh, I did have a little hemorrhaging with my first but very easy for the midwife to take care of at home um and with my second, it was very uncomplicated. I don't think I had any issues with her. Um, but that's kind of the little little snippet of how we got oh. here. <laughs> so for all of you that are listening, I'm sure you have a million questions for Kelsey, <laughs> just as I do, because not only am I so inspired by her, but I, I look at her as a very strong woman and someone who is really changing the world with the gift that you have. And so we're going to be doing a series And this is actually going to be a set of several episodes where we're going to dive into different things because there's so much knowledge that Kelsey has to share. And she also has an ebook that she came out with that you can get and actually just bought mine last night (laughs) and I'm reading through it. There's so much that she has to share. So today we're going to specifically stick to the top three things that you should research prior to getting pregnant, because if you're like me, 
you didn't do any of that until you were pregnant or even into your second birth because you didn't realize that pregnancy and birth is a lot to handle. And until you had your first experience, which was a learning experience, then you're like, oh, I might need to make some changes next time. So whether you're on your first birth or your 10th birth, we're going to give you guys some tips and tricks that you can research and implement into your life now. And so the very first tip that Kelsey has is um, consider the type of birth you want before you get to the hospital or your home or the birth center, wherever you choose. Um, I think when we're growing up, we are inundated with all of these messages about pregnancy and birth and motherhood and how awful and painful and burdensome these things are when that doesn't have to be the reality. I think a lot of, a lot of us relate to mom humor and things like that on Instagram and I'm very pregnant right now. So like I see all, I see all the reels of like, Oh, it's so miserable to be pregnant in the summer. It's a mindset thing. If you expect things to be miserable or painful in terms of birth or difficult with motherhood, they're going to be those things. So I think the first, 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 first step for having the type of pregnancy and birth and motherhood transition that you want is to consider what you want. I, I think often we we just kind of assume a lot of things in life in general, <laughs> but specifically for, for this whole motherhood transition, um, we have a lot of information thrown at us that we don't actually decipher and think about and extrapolate what we want out of the experience. So my first tip for things you not necessarily need to research, but um, need to think about and consider is think about the type of birth you want and how you want to feel after that birth experience. Like, how do you want your entry to motherhood to go? Um, and that all starts not necessarily with the birth, but the birth is like the demarcation line of going from maiden to mother and feeling that transition and that shift in your life. So it is a very important part, but that preparation for the transition starts long before the first contraction starts. Wow. I never thought about it that way. So for us moms that didn't have that glamorous, you know, wonderful, amazing experience with our first or our second birth, like mm -hmm. what can you say to moms that are on their third or fourth and they want to make a change now? Yeah. I, it's never too late. I think especially, I was actually talking to my husband about this the other day and he was like, you know, I know a lot of women who are on their second, third, fourth, fifth baby. And he, he said, I realize I know a lot more about birth. And he was like, actually, I think our four-year-old knows a lot more about <laughs> pregnancy and birth than a lot of women do. Because we we don't we aren't given that information. We aren't told like, hey, this is this is a huge life cycle mm -hmm. event for you. Mm -hmm. And even if it's your tenth baby, if you don't love how you felt after mm -hmm. your other pregnancies and births, you can, you can do it differently. You can yeah. do it differently at any point. Mm -hmm. It's almost like our, our society medicalizes birth so much and it just turns into something so different than the natural process that it is. Yeah. And it really externalizes the whole experience when really this is this whole journey of pregnancy to birth to motherhood is a very internal process mm -hmm. that we've really externalized and pushed outside of ourselves. And I think it feels that let, leaves a lot of moms feeling empty and confused and just not okay mm -hmm. after birth. So my goal is to help moms tap into their intuition and their power and their just their innate wisdom mm -hmm. before they get to that point to reduce the, the amount of frustration and upset after. 
Wow, that's amazing. What such amazing words of wisdom. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to add to discussing the type of birth or should we move on to our, our next tip? Um, I think, obviously I'm biased. I've had two home births, soon to be three, hopefully. I mean, knock on wood, everything goes well. <laughs> I have no reason to believe it won't. Um, but I think just bringing that intentionality into pregnancy and birth, and it doesn't matter to me what kind of birth you have, as long as you feel centered and in charge and like you are the one in control of the situation. That that centering and the power within the mom is what matters. It doesn't matter if you give birth at home or in a hospital. Um, we can talk about all of the pros and cons of, of those situations, but as long as the mom is intentionally making decisions and has thought about those things, that's, I think, what, what's most important. I think that's a really important thing to point out because we know that not everybody listening is cut out for a home birth. Personally, I've had three hospital births and uh, I would love to be able to do a home birth. I just don't think I'm there yet. And um, Kelsey offers support for all kinds of women, no matter where you want to birth. And there's also a lot of options where midwives can actually attend hospital births or there's some on staff. There's so many different options and Birth can just be a very complicated thing, but ultimately, like she's saying, making sure that you feel in control, like you have the ability to make decisions for yourself and for your baby, that is what's the most empowering, right? Absolutely. And let's jump to tip number two. So tip number two is your support team. Um, so you've done all this thinking about the kind of birth you want and how you want to feel. You need a team to support that. Uh, kind of like my experience, like, I didn't even think about having a different option. I got pregnant, I got the positive test at home, went straight to the OB and didn't even think twice about it. Like we've just been programmed that like, oh, you get pregnant, you go see an OB, mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're looking for a birth experience that's not super medicalized or that, mm -hmm. that might be a little bit more tranquil and not feel like an emergency or feel so anxious, a hospital with an OB might not be the place for you. And so getting a team around you that supports your birth vision is very important. And that starts with a provider. Um, a provider can really make or break a birth experience. I've seen it happen many, many times with women I've worked with that they, uh, they've been with their, their same OBGYN for years and years. And they're like, of course, I'm going to use this person. Um, but then the OB like completely changes throughout pregnancy or says things at the beginning of pregnancy is like, yeah, of course we can let you go to 42 weeks. And then 39 week appointment rolls around and the pressure for, uh, for inducing labor begins and just things like that. So making sure that you have not only a, a good provider, um, if you want to free birth is also an option. <laughs> um, but having that provider that you truly trust and have that connection with that you know that they're not going to start pushing induction mm -hmm. at 39 weeks mm -hmm. or um, if you want like delayed cord clamping knowing that they're not going to just rip your baby out and clamp the cord before you're ready things like that um, but mm -hmm. beyond the provider having people like chiropractors or even lactation consultants before you have your babies just so those things are lined up um, just having a full birth team around you, a doula, obviously, um, they can all kind of help make that birth vision you have come, come true. 
Wow, so many important points. There's there's a lot that I have to say about my own experience. You know, I, I've had so many nightmare OBs and I think my most recent one actually sent me a letter when I was about six or eight weeks postpartum and basically told me to never come back to her office, which was actually okay with me because her and I did not agree on a lot of things because for those of us that want an OB but want a very natural experience, it can be like a very difficult dance between the two. And it's almost like you feel like you have to pick one or the other unless you got magically gifted with a natural OB. It's just really hard to find. And so can you explain the importance of like why you need a doula or why you think a doula can support your birth? Yeah, so especially in the hospital setting, they have a lot of standards and protocols that they're going to push on you not because they're like evil or mean it's because it's just part of their process mm-hmm. and it, it's part of their job to do x y and z and check the boxes and when a mom comes in and says no I don't want these things they don't necessarily see you as like a crazy or bad person but they're seeing someone who's going to require a little extra work and yeah. so having a doula there <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> well I, I think often people listen to people like me and they're like oh well you're just trashing OBs and nurses and hospitals but I'm not they they have their protocol and their standards and what they do every day for their job is very different than what I want out of my birth experience that's a good way to put it and birth Um, is so personalized yeah Mm -hmm. and so I think having a doula or even just a very supportive spouse who can kind of know your your birth plan know your birth desires and be able to stand up for those things um in whatever setting you choose but at the end of the day when we're when a mom is in labor and in her birth space you don't want to be fighting you don't want Mm -hmm. to be you don't want your thinking brain turned on Mm -hmm. so having a doula or a a midwife or an ob who's supportive and you've talked to about all of your preferences beforehand can be really helpful in making sure mom can just kind of check out go to labor land and Mm -hmm. have the birth that she wants Mm -hmm. well i feel like we could do a whole episode just on that because Coming up with a birth plan is really challenging, mm-hmm. and I know it's it's a huge undertaking for a lot of moms. So maybe Absolutely. in the future we do a podcast just on like how to create a birth plan, you know, what that looks like. Yeah, because um, I think that would be really helpful even for me. <laughs> <laughs> we can do like a live workshop. <laughs> we should. We should. So there's a there's a um, visual birth plan that Mama Natural came out mm-hmm. with. I'm sure you've seen it yeah. like years ago. And I used that one for my last two um, births. And when I brought it in, they were like, oh, this is so cool. Like, it's so easy for me to read. And I was like, yeah, I did my work. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I felt so proud of myself. But really, there's so much that goes into it. And yeah. it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think part of the beauty of a birth plan is doing all that research. Mm-hmm. Because the, the point of a birth plan isn't necessarily to, like, walk into your OB and be like, this is the birth I want and I'm going to have it. It's to know, to learn your options and to know your options ahead of time. Because it's unexpected, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And birth is the most expected, unexpected thing in the world. Like we know, mm-hmm. you know the process that's going to happen, but there can be twists and turns. And I think we, we all think very black and white about like, well, I'm in the first stage of labor. I'm in the second stage or the third stage. But really it's more of like a, I don't know, a roller coaster of like, Mm -hmm. yes, you'll go through these phases, but there are even situations where mom will like dilate and then 
undilate, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like if she has some kind yeah. of fear reaction, her body can react. Oh, so you might progress and then mm-hmm. go back a little bit. So birth is very fluid. But at the end of the day, like we know the stages mm-hmm. and that you'll pass through all of them. It just might be not be as like on the clock as some people mm-hmm. expect it to be. Well, and that's why having a trusted birth team is so important because... Yeah it's scary having to go through that process and not having supportive people around yeah. you. Well, and having a birth team that trusts you as mm-hmm. the mom mm-hmm. to, to trust your own body and to listen to your own body of, of what's happening. And, um, I know in my second birth, I, I was feeling the urge to push and my, my midwife just kind of stepped back. She was like, all right, go for it. Like if, if that's what you're feeling, Go ahead and push. Like, wow. I didn't have any cervical checks. Like she wasn't like, okay, you're at a 10, go for it. Oh, wow. It was just so my body was ready to push. And she yeah. said, all right, have at it. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I mean, a provider that trusts you, it's just such a different way to think about birth. Yeah, That's absolutely. Amazing. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, anything else we want to add before we jump on to our last and final tip for all the moms listening out there? Let's go for number three. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one that actually is a heavy, heavy, hot topic. <laughs> I get asked about prenatals all the time on my social media channels, and I'm sure Kelsey can relate. And there's so much misinformation about there about like a one size fits all prenatal, although that works for some moms, but then there's other options where you can go to a naturopathic doctor who can do, you know, testing and say, Hey, you're deficient in this area. You're deficient in this area. Like every pregnancy is different and you might need different vitamins for different pregnancies. So there's a lot to be said about prenatals. So Kelsey's going to give us her expert advice about it and, um, what your options are. Yeah. So prenatals are one of those things that I think every woman in their quote unquote fertile years is told to basically beyond constantly. Yeah. Um, even breastfeeding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad advice, but I think it's not complete advice. Um, we all have, like Jenna said, very different nutritional profiles. We have very different diets. Our bodies are all different. So we have very different nutritional needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately in today's world, we have a very lacking food supply in terms of vitamins and nutrients. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I can almost guarantee that everyone listening to this has nutritional deficiencies that need to be mm-hmm. assisted. And they just don't know it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, our bodies are very resilient, but that doesn't mean we have to live at deficient states all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as prenatals go, there are a few, very few uh, clean brands on the market. My personal favorites are Needed or Sprigs. Um, okay, I haven't heard of Needed. Needed is a really good one. They... Uh, they, they have a pretty complete lineup too. So they don't just have prenatals, but they have kind of like all of the, the stuff you might need. Um, hence the name needed. <laughs> so I, I really like those too. Um, and they give us some awesome discount codes too. So if you're interested in those, I'm happy to provide those. Um, but I, so my first pregnancy, I took just like a regular, I think it was nature made, like whatever the purple pill is, that, that, whatever the purple prenatal is that most, that a lot of people say. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, I'm going down to the grocery store. I'm going to pick out yeah. whatever I can find. It yeah. was, it was cheap. It was easy. My midwife said it was fine. Um, which looking back, I'm a little upset about, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, and then my second pregnancy, I took, um, something a little bit cleaner, but wasn't like full, full boat super clean. Um, it had a lot of additives that I now realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's what we're looking out for with prenatals. We, we want something that has 
preferably food-based ingredients so that our body can actually absorb the, the vitamins. We want to avoid the synthetics. We want to avoid all of the additives, like the colors, like that purple pill. Why is that pill purple? <laughs> it doesn't need to be purple. I didn't feel better taking it because it was purple. Maybe it just it had berries in it. It didn't. That's the thing. It had it had food dyes in it. Oh gosh! I'm like, I, oh, like no. why is that necessary? Yeah. It, it's obviously not. But yeah. um, so we want to look out for those things um, mm-hmm. and be aware of the other ingredients lying on the bottle because that's where they sneak it all in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're definitely looking for real form of vitamins, not the synthetics. So the biggest one that I always hear is folic acid versus folate. Oh, yes. Folate is the natural, naturally occurring version, and that's what we want. Whereas for some reason, most OBs are recommending folic acid. Mm -hmm. There was a study that talked about folic acid and so that's why that recommendation is there. But in reality, our bodies, a lot of our bodies can't absorb any of it, um, but folate is the natural form. So uh, for my third pregnancy, this one, I actually took a completely different route. <laughs> I'm not taking any prenatal. Um, I what? Am... <laughs> Hold on. I know, Hold the I phone. Know. <laughs> what? This is so unconventional. So I'm doing um, <laughs> kind of a combination of things. So I say I'm not taking a prenatal. I'm supplementing as needed basically Mm -hmm. um so i have a base of beef liver as like my quote-unquote everyday vitamin um but then i have a few other things that based on testing and based on just knowledge of my diet i knew i was deficient in so things like iodine and i take a a greens every day Mm -hmm. um i take oyster for like the zinc and Mm. all that fun stuff so Mm -hmm. um I've done a a very different way this time um, and also a lot of focus on diet and making sure I'm getting a lot of my vitamins and minerals through diet because your body can actually absorb those. Um, And then we can get into the whole topic of food sourcing because that's a whole nother thing. Oh my gosh, we'll do another one on that too. (laughs) Um, The grocery store is your friend, but it's also not Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. so many of the the foods are depleted of their natural minerals Mm -hmm. and, and vitamins. But anyway, so this time I've been doing the liver and supplementing around that. Mm -hmm. And it is the best pregnancy I've had. Really? Okay, tell us how, because I'm honestly dying to know. (laughs) In terms of how I'm feeling, um, especially, and like for me, that's step one. It's like, am I, do I have enough energy to get through the day? Do I have the, the stamina to keep up with my two other kiddos and try to work out which hasn't been oh, my gosh. strong suit this Good time but so um, do you have a crash while you're taking like beef liver like midday or like in the afternoon or a little but even before I was pregnant I kind of have that like mm-hmm. the mid-afternoon mm-hmm. just need like 20 minutes with my feet up um but then I got my blood work back mm-hmm. for um both the I guess it was like the 12-week draw and the mm-hmm. 28 weeks I've never not had it had to take an iron supplement wow. until this pregnancy. Like I've always been iron deficient wow. and by doing my own thing mm-hmm. and, and I just talk about iron, but all of my levels were like optimal and perfect. And mm-hmm. my midwife was very impressed with, with how my body has responded to, to doing prenatals this way. Wow. So amazing. don't be afraid to kind of think outside the box and give your body what it actually needs. Um, I think having the, over-the-counter prenatal is great Mm -hmm. because it's kind of a catch-all but those levels that you see on a prenatal bottle 
aren't getting you to optimal. They're getting you to not deficient. And so to actually optimize your health and your baby's health, you might need to make adjustments. Like take that, take a Spriggs prenatal or the needed prenatal as your base, but then make sure you're considering your diet and everything around it to maybe supplement further. Wow. There's so many key points that you're bringing up. You know, I, I get asked a lot about store-bought prenatals and that can get really tricky because I want to say that I honestly have not found a perfect prenatal. I've literally taken every prenatal <laughs> under the sun. I've tried Mary Ruth's. I've tried Garden of Life. I've tried mega food. I've tried everything. And every single time it's like, there's something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It either has synthetic ingredients. It's not organic. It has heavy metals and it's, it shows on the testing reports and it's like, oh my God, it's, there's always something. There's always something. And so no matter what prenatal you take, it's not going to have every single thing you need. Absolutely. And so I actually just got uh, muscle tested by my naturopathic doctor just last week. And she put me on like eight different supplements. Oh, no. <laughs> one of them being iodine, mm -hmm. um, one of them being liver support and adrenals and mm -hmm. just all of these things because I struggle with energy because I have, how many kids do I have? <laughs> I have three other little ones a running around. It's just a lot. And so what you need to do is really kind of um, invest in yourself if you can and figure out what your body needs because you want the healthiest pregnancy. Um, there is another thing I want to chat about at some point later in our podcast series, but how important gut health is mm -hmm. and getting a gut health, gut health test while you're pregnant, which is something that I'm actually planning on doing. I have not done with my previous pregnancies and wish that I had, but that is something also that's important because Kelsey, can you tell us like how your gut bacteria, um, affects your baby, like as your yeah, baby's absolutely. born vaginally, or even if you have a C-section and you do seeding, like mm -hmm. what does that look like? Yeah. So your gut flora is what develops your baby's gut flora. So as they're passing through the vaginal canal, they are absorbing everything that was in your gut. And wow. as they go out, that is their basis for their life of gut health. Um, so kind of like Jenna said, if you end up with a C-section, it all is not lost as far as gut health goes. I think a lot of moms get really nervous about that, mm -hmm. but vaginal seeding is super important and I highly recommend and it. And it's effective. And it's very effective. Um, so if you end up with a scheduled C-section or an emergency, make sure you look into vaginal seeding because it, it's very important for your baby's future health to have that groundwork um, because gut health is related to mental health and immune health and all it of is. this, all of the important things. So we definitely want to give our babies that good foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, that's another thing I am taking. I am taking a probiotic, but my husband also makes a lot of sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff. So I have okay, never tried too. kimchi. What is that? <laughs> I've um, heard of it and I recommend lettuce, it, but I've never or fermented cabbage. Um, I'll bring Sounds you a bottle, good. but yeah, it's, I mean, it's I love so good. sauerkraut. So yeah, it's, it's very good. And we, our kids will literally like drink the brine. They love it really? so much. So that's another thing you can do for your kids. Wow. Gut health is start these things early. Like whenever I take my liver every day, I have four hands, two on each kid, just like grabbing it and just shoveling it. What? In their mouth. You're they kidding. love it. Yeah. And they like, I take it raw and they just, I, I don't have the, the palate to like chew it. <laughs> 
I don't yeah. love the taste yeah, of liver. I, don't blame you. <laughs> I, I chop mine up and freeze it. Um, but they they'll just take it and chew it, and they love it. They always ask me for liver. So what? That's yeah. insane. Start your kids early. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, you're instilling such wonderful habits in them, and I feel like there's so many steps that are important that we try to take before pregnancy. But even after our kids are born, we obviously, as mothers, as fathers, we we want to do what we can to make our kids healthy and give them the best start at life. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to our closing comments about prenatals? Oh, it's a, it's a can of worms, that one. <laughs> I'd say just, I mean, if you're following Jenna, you are definitely on that non-toxic journey. So you know the, the big things to look out for. Um, titanium dioxide, I don't know why that's in so many prenatals. Gosh, I, I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Um, I was wow. even taking a... a uh, probiotic in one of my previous pregnancies and I later realized it had that in it. I was like, what? Why are they putting these really? things in it? Um, so just look out for the things that Jen always tells you to look out for. She's on top of well, now all I'm going to go check all my prenatals for titanium <laughs> dioxide. That's insane. It's wild. It's wild. <gasps> the things that, well, and like I said, like it had the first one I took had food dye in it. Yeah. I don't need to expose yeah. my baby to that before they even get into this world. Oh, gosh. Um, so just, just be mindful of the ingredients. Know that Whatever you're putting in your body, food or supplements, is going into your baby's body. So wow, it's very important. So much responsibility. I'm so sure much. all of you <laughs> listeners are feeling so overwhelmed. But, but that's what motherhood is. It's yeah. overwhelming and, and the, wonderful. The beauty is you're in control. Like, you can make all these decisions. You, even without all of the research that I'm sure Jen and I could throw it at moms, there's an innate gut instinct that we all have and it's never too late to tap into that wow yes definitely trusting yourself and trusting yes. the process and if you need to make changes after listening to this just you don't have to do it all in one day you can do it slowly because we have so many more tips and tricks that we're going to be sharing with you guys in future episodes um kelsey can be found on social media i'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her social platforms and where you can connect with her and also where you can get her ebook if you're thinking about getting pregnant if you are pregnant or even if this is like i said your first or 10th pregnancy she has so much information to share with you that's so helpful yeah so if you want to connect you definitely don't have to go through this alone um, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed at this point i totally get it my dms are always open uh, you can find me on instagram at the the underscore lifting underscore mama um, or my website is theliftingmama.com uh, you can go to my website to find my ebook and for all of Jenna's wonderful listeners, I have a discount code non-toxic will get you $5 off of Woo-hoo! that ebook. <laughs> $5 off. <Yeah. laughs> so if somebody wanted to personally reach out to you and get a hold of you, maybe they have questions, maybe they want to schedule a free consult or they want to book a series of consults with you, like would they email you, like DM you? What would be? Yeah, um, either. I have a contact form on my website and I'm always in my DMs as well. So if you want to connect, just reach out either way. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm happy to help. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, Kelsey, this has been so wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to share with moms before we end our very first episode to our series? I think my biggest thing is just take a deep breath and know that you're enough. (sighs) You are enough. You are what your baby needs. So take your role seriously, but don't beat yourself up about it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this has been so helpful for you because I actually learned a ton just talking to Kelsey about all of her opinions and expert advice and 
just remember we're all doing the best we can. We want to share this info with you, not to scare you because non-toxic living and birth, none of this is fear mongering. It is strictly just to educate so we can make better choices moving forward because that's our goal as moms and families. So thank you, Kelsey, so much for being here. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> we actually got to meet uh, together in the library, and our husbands are watching the kids right now. I can only imagine how it's going. <laughs> and uh, we got to just talk face-to-face. -face. This has been such a fun it's experience. So, wonderful. so you guys will have to stay tuned for the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. And thanks again, Kelsey, the Lifting Mama, for giving us all your uh, expert advice. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>